Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Periodic Table, Episode 16. It's the perfect place to start a cause. Recorded March 15th, 2012, and brought to you by Element Opie Productions. ElementsOpie.com. Welcome back to the Periodic Table, Episode 16. The sulfur episode, because the 16th element on the periodic table is sulfur. Uh, elemental sulfur is bright yellow crystalline solid, a rock essentially, when at room temperature. Uh, and sulfur crystals are commonly sought after by mineral collectors because they are brightly colored and have polyhedronic shapes. I don't know if polyhedronic is a word, but I just said it was. It's also a primary component in black powder and has been sought after since the Chinese discovered that property back thousands of years ago for that purpose. And that's all we're going to have to say about that. This ends the educational portion of our show. Yes. Yeah, I was going to I was going to say not only do we entertain but we educate. All right. And the and so joining us this week are two voices you've already heard from. The first being Mr. Aaron Butler. Hey Aaron, what's up? Hey Mark, excited to be here. And Aaron is the uh, lead host of our uh one Meal, One Workout podcast and the secondary uh, host, the noob in residence of the uh, Everyday Linux podcast. Uh, and joining us also is Mr. Sean Keibel, the tightwad extraordinaire. What's up, Sean? Hey, not much. It's good to be here again. And also joining us for the first time on the, peri- on the periodic table uh, is Mr. James, the Professor Messer. Hey, James, what's up? And, and in honor of that, I'm drinking sulfur. Nice. <laughs> so we better make this a quick show. Wow, we're going to get off the rails early, I have a feeling. <laughs> James is the uh, uh, one of three hosts of our newest podcast on the network called The Art of Podcasting and also has a uh, series of educational videos over at uh, professormesser.com. So welcome aboard, James. Why, thank you for having me. I told him that we were a very highbrow, serious, and intellectual discussion and uh, he was excited to be a part of it. I came anyway. <laughs> yeah, he'll never be the same. <laughs> uh, wait, we we got to get some things out of the way, like just from the very get-go. Uh, Democrat or Republican? I am That's, registered yeah. Democrat, and uh, everyone who, who sees everything I do says I must be the most conservative person ever, and I'm probably not conservative at all. When it comes to politics, um, unfortunately, I also have a background in marketing, so pretty much everything is all marketing anyway in politics. So I tend to be <laughs> tend to be very, very slant, uh, have a slanted view of what is going on in politics. So I try to vote what makes uh, sense for me. I actually, saw well, we, we need more Democrats on the show, so <laughs> it kind of balances things out. I'll bring the actually, liberal commie side of things. There we go, because our resident communist hasn't been on for a while. Aaron, you were saying. I saw a thing in the elevator today. You know, we have a little feed in the elevator at work, and it and it said, "Does the voice matter?" Mitt Romney, uh, you know, spin doctors say Mitt Romney has the best chance because he has the the lowest, smoothest voice of all the Republican candidates. <laughs> How can you go wrong with that line of thinking? Honestly, I know that. crazy. So uh, I just want to go on record as saying I don't care about the new iPad, not called iPad Three. I'm, I, I live and work in the tech world and every dang news story is about the iPad 3. It's the same freaking iPad, just with like a slightly larger screen and more pixels. Get over yourselves, people. It's the same iPad that we've had for the, what, three years now. 
It's the new HP 2750. It's like the 2700, but it has another gig of RAM. You yeah. don't see that on an advertisement. <laughs> Each pixel contains just a little bit more magic. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> now with extra unicorn tears. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just tired of reading every blog, uh, an iPad three breakdown. We'll talk about the components. And I don't care. It's a slate with a touchable thing, and you pay too much for it. I'm, I'm right. fine with that. Let's move on, please. Yeah, one of my friends on Facebook said, "I'm thinking about getting an iPad three, and I just put dot 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 or three laptops." <laughs> nice. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so that's my rant out of the way, Aaron. Died yeah. twice, twice, survived once? I did. Tonight I died twice and survived once. Uh, I mentioned on One Meal Workout Wednesday night this new, new, this new iPhone slash Android oh, app called yeah, okay. Zombies Run. We talked about it a couple weeks ago on the show. Exactly. So that's why I thought I'd mention it tonight. It's the actual article that I've tagged in the show notes for, uh, for One Meal Workout is actually a new iPhone app, but there's an older Android app that's already out. The, the article mentions a new Android app that's coming out. But anyway, so it doesn't have all the features that the article mentioned, but it was still quite fun. I, and I actually died twice and managed to make it back once. And what you do is you fire up the app on your phone and you say, what's your destination? You click it on the map. And then depending on whether you pick local infestation or uh, apocalypse or whatever <laughs> is the number of zombies that appear on the map and they're green and then they start coming towards you. Uh, and if you get near them, then they'll start chasing and you pick your speed. Are you Night of the Living Dead speed, two miles an hour? Or are you, uh, uh, what's the one with Mila Jovovich? Um, the one with Mila Jovovich, five miles an hour. <laughs> or is it uh, 28 <laughs> days later, eight miles an hour? And then they, if you get too close to them, they, they turn red and they start chasing you. And the phone vibrates as if they're chasing you and they're near you. And then if, if finally, if they catch you, it, it gives you a long vibrate. And you look at the phone and it says, ah, brains. New game. <laughs> so nice actually, chat, found, chat room says that's Resident Evil. Thank you. And uh, what was really funny was, in spite of myself, I am a, a, a lucid, logic, logical uh, adult male. I'm running on the way home. I've got a herd of zombies behind me. There's one across the road. <laughs> I'm looking at the phone, and I'm actually finding myself looking across the road, even though I know there's nothing there. It's only on the map. But I'm, I'm looking like, okay, how close would he actually be if he was on the other side of the road? And, uh, yeah, so I, it, it did. It worked. Even the little cheesy one that's supposedly a couple years old, it was quite fun. That's how many hilarious. people have been admitted to the hospital for this application? I don't know. I will say this, though, that when I was first doing it, I was trying to figure out how to use it. And I'm running down the sidewalk, and I'm trying to look at the map. And, okay, I don't really know how this works. I thought I was supposed to hear sound because I didn't realize it was the – not the same one that was in the article. And, and I actually, I'm all, running down a five side of five lane road and I managed to catch my headphone cord in my road ID band, rip my phone out of my hand. It lands in the road. Oh, the battery cover comes off. The battery comes out and it slides over just to the edge of the road. And this, this is like, I mean, this is zoom, 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 zoom traffic. So I'm just standing there. Lord, please don't let anybody come off the road. Don't let anybody swerve over the road. <laughs> My brand new phone is laying one foot off the side of the road. Finally, there was an opening. I grabbed my phone, stuck it all back together. It wasn't even hurt, but uh, it was just, it was, I had a few moments. So, yeah, there's probably been a few people that have actually died, not because of the zombies, but because of uh, them not paying attention. <laughs> you, you would have had a good story either way. Yeah. I would have. 
See, I have one of those cases on my phone that's sort of like a NASCAR. It's designed to fly apart upon impact. The only way to actually take the case off the phone is to drop it. When you actually want to take it off, it's very difficult. But the first time you drop it, parts fly all over the place. Your phone comes out. It goes skidding across the concrete. I really think it's the uh, the NASCAR phone. Your phone case has crush zones? Yes. Something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. is it, you build the back Mark, is it the, water. is it the body glove? Uh, case kind of two part case that snaps together. Well, it's it is a two part case that snaps together, but it's not body glove. Okay, yeah, I have the, basically the same type of design and same exact thing. Every time I drop my phone, it it comes apart. It always goes back together, and it kind of does the job because it you know my phone's never been hurt. Right. You know, it's like it's like a breakaway it. cockpit for your phone. Yeah. I right. don't have a case on my phone, which is what concerned me. It was actually the back of the phone that came off, and the battery was laying out in the middle of the road, but it, it survived. <laughs> Right, the Ricky Bobby case. <laughs> I was saying, help me, Oprah Winfrey, while I was standing there. <laughs> Dear six pound, eight ounce baby Jesus of the major scene. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so continuing with our our uh, ongoing trend of Amish news. Uh, tonight we have uh, a story about four Amish who were arrested for bugging under the influence. How can you not have bumper music for this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, buggy bumper, rubber baby buggy bumper music. Oh, okay. So authorities in a western <clears throat> Western New York say they charged four young Amish adults with illegal possession of alcohol after their buggy collided with a police car responding to a report of a drinking party underway. Now it really was underway. Yeah. Now, it was a moving just, drinking party. Just think about this for a minute. It's a horse drawn buggy, right? So if the buggy's running into the car, where are the horses? Did they actually like run up on top of the car or something? Well, maybe the horses were drunk too. I mean, maybe it was that kind of party. <laughs> it was like the cat baloo horse, right? <laughs> staggering around. All right, Jebediah, give me the reins. Give me the reins. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, in that in that instance, though, I mean, who gets the ticket? Uh, the horse? I, I don't really know. Um, <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's like uh, you know your 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 reins are suspended. You, you can't well, do it. So, well, least, reading the article, Mark, it, this was this was actually pretty serious. It says, as a patrol car arrived on the scene, one of the buggies changed lanes, colliding with the police car. The buggy flipped on its side, causing minor injuries to the, one of the people on board. So this was a this was a full on collision. This wasn't whoa. a graze. Okay, here's my favorite part of the line. My favorite line of the story: Police say several other buggies fled from the scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. Does it say what they were drinking? I don't know. Yeah, yeast, uh, yeast <laughs> barley. Um, <laughs> Do you have to have license plates on your Amish wagons in North Pennsylvania? I'm not sure. And does that go on their record? Is that a moving violation? Do they have like a BUI uh, now on their license on their record? It's got to be because I'm in Florida like in and, the- and guys get pulled over on lawnmowers here, so it's got to be the 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 same thing up there. Yeah, they don't they don't get off the hook for uh, any of that stuff. They have because you know they have the little uh, orange triangles on the back, and they do have uh-huh. uh, uh, license plates. And so when they take those things out on the road, they do have to be legal. Yeah, street legal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no glass packs on the back. Legal tent. Uh, legal tent. <laughs> so, Let me ask you this. So guys. what are I the get- emission control rules on a Clydesdale? That's what I was. You have to put a certain amount of Beano in their oats, uh, I guess. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I got I got three smart guys here on, on the line with me and, and some people in the chat room that I have no idea the level of their intelligence, even though Nightstar's comments always seem fairly pithy. Uh, uh, Mark, did I mention last week about my incident with my car in the parking garage? 
Uh, not on this show. No, you didn't. Okay. Uh, I work for a, a large healthcare system, and I was at our main campus, parked next to a parking garage in a legal spot, in, actually between two parking garages. And I came out from a meeting, and I saw some concrete dust on the hood of my car, and I thought, well, they may, maybe they were sweeping the parking garage up above or something. And then I walked over and saw a dent about the size of a football on the hood of my car and several large pieces of concrete. So I look up on the second story and a car has hit the tension wires, the protection tension wires hard enough to break the pole that holds the wires up out of the concrete and throw several chunks of concrete down on my car. So uh, long story short, <clears throat> their insurance company has come back and said, this was caused by another vehicle, not by us. We were, we, nothing we did caused this to happen. You need to fire it, file it under your uninsured motorist. Just <laughs> uh, as if somebody hit you in the parking lot and left. So the building is an un uninsured motorist. No, they're saying the driver is just no, like the, the, yeah, the other driver, the unknown driver, parking lot and left that we I wouldn't have tried to get the building to pay for it. And so my response to them was, I understand that. Uh, however, I feel like your safety device in some way failed because I would expect that you would not want a safety device to cause large chunks of concrete to fall off the side of the building. So while the car may have instigated it. Your building is actually what fell on my car. And so, um, and I, and I even threw this, uh, state farm as their insurance company. I even threw the, I just was sure since it was state farm that you would take care of it. Right. <laughs> and, but the agent, name. the agent's response though was, was unfortunately very logical. He said, the, the adjuster says that he doesn't believe that they're legally liable because it was caused by another vehicle and they're audited yearly. And if they pay for this and they're not liable, then they can get in trouble. And so I told them to go back and ask again and make sure they weren't liable. Because <laughs> otherwise, it's 250 bucks on my pocket. Now, the other option is if I filed it on my insurance and complain enough to my insurance, they may try to go get the deductible out of State Farm. But what do you guys think? Do you, do you see any culpability on the building's uh, part? Obviously, it's not my fault. I was parked in a legal spot. I wasn't parked in a construction zone. I wasn't parked anywhere weird I, I didn't do anything but just parked my car in their parking lot actually i'm with i'm them. betting that you uh you win that case after like twenty thousand dollars worth of attorney fees and two years in court yeah and i'm just not feeling like it's worth it i don't know what were you gonna say yeah. Mark? I, i'm with the building on that one actually i think that uh they they took uh reasonable precautions you know if some guy had uh driven a dump truck through and knocked an entire wall down it wouldn't be the building's fault it would be the dump truck's fault yeah, I, I told the one guy, he said, you know, um, well, at least the car didn't come down on top of it. I said, if that would happen, at least I'd know who done it. Right. <laughs> you know, at least we'd have somebody to, to, to rake over the coals. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I hate to admit that I see their point. But at the same time, uh, I feel like there's a certain level of responsibility that their building safety feature failed. Well, technically, the safety feature was to keep the car on the roof. In that regard, it worked perfectly. I don't know if that's the only feature because if my wife had been getting out of the car at the time, we'd be having a whole different conversation, yeah. you know, and there would be legal involved. And, and I, I tried to mention that, you know, very tangentially, but, uh, worst case scenario, 250 bucks out of my pocket. So we're, we're about to that point. I, I'm almost done with it. My time becomes worth more than that. James says our resident Democrat tonight. How do you weigh in on this? Is it, is it my privilege <laughs> to have the government pay for this? Should I sue <laughs> Obamacare and make them? Cause it wasn't a healthcare organization. I just assume every time I go into a parking garage, it's going to fall on my head anyway. Yeah. Or that Ferris Bueller's drivers are going to be there. Right. All right. So from one legal story to another, um, 
a semi-professional, retired semi-pro soccer player, footballer, they call him in this article, is suing um, the Baptist Church of England for $10 million because they ruined his career. Basically, he, con- he converted to Christianity uh, under the Baptist Church, uh, became a very zealous believer, and spent the, uh, abandoned his career doing uh, to do missionary work. So he spent basically his playing years uh, doing missionary work. And now that he's 46 years old and looking back, uh, says that, you know, I probably could have gone pro and you're the reason I didn't. So I want, um, oh, I forgot how much it was, but uh, a whole bunch of money. I, f- I forget how much, 10 million, yeah, 10 million, 10 million pounds, yeah. 10 million pounds, which is like uh, eight like, bucks. Uh, no, it's like, uh, no, it's more like 14 million or something, yeah. right? Uh, so he's suing them for essentially what he would have made had he not come to Jesus. No comment on that. Yeah. Store not your treasures where moth and rust corrode, but in heavenly places. What do you think the Baptist church is like in England? Uh, probably boring. Because um, I'm in Florida. I, we have Southern Baptist, which is Baptist to the, right. to the nth degree. So I can only imagine how proper the Baptists must be yeah, I am in the a UK. Southern, a Southern Baptist, so just just be aware. Of rock that. on! No, you rock on with that. <laughs> so I'm just saying, in the UK, it's not the same thing. Yeah, yeah I'm uh, sure. So I, most I, things aren't. I mean, I don't put my luggage in my boot. Right. <laughs> you don't keep the engine in the bonnet either. Uh, uh, so, but uh, I just think that's. I do know a cop named Bobby. Uh, I just think that's interesting. Uh, where where is the legal entity? How, how would you sue an entire denomination anyway? What, where's, uh, I'm, I, again, I don't know how they work in England, but, uh, I know in, in the U.S., the, the Baptist church is a loose confederation of churches that belong to something they call a convention, but there is no, there's no one governing body. It's, uh, the add a line item to everybody's budget. You know, we, we have 1% emissions, 0.05% to the dude that sued us, right. uh, for the next two years to meet our $10 million obligation. And, and what's interesting is, is, his case is predicated entirely on the possibility that he would have gone pro. So had I gone pro, I would have earned 10 million pounds, but he wasn't a pro at the time of his retirement. Um, and he, you know, he chose to retire. I just, I don't see where he's got uh, a leg to stand on. Uh, all, <laughs> all I can say room. is he, he picked the wrong religion. Cause yeah. if he was going to come back and try to sue, he should have gone Catholic. Right, right. Because the Catholic on the guilt Pope, would have they got all the money. Yeah, right. Nightstar in the chat room says maybe Jesus said, "Follow me," because you suck at football. <laughs> it was a sign. Yes, it was. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's. Okay, you're religious. Okay, we're just saying this guy's religious, <clears throat> and uh, you turn away from the church. You say, "No, I'm not going to go do that mission work. I think I can be a professional footballer." I mean, blown out knee is just like absolutely going to happen, right? Yeah, you would think. Yeah. yeah. After so being hit right by choice. lightning. Now, okay. Now, right. what what you what I didn't what I neglected to say here is uh, it says uh, after converting in 1989, he spent 19 years as an evangelist. Okay, so now he's 40 years old, 46. So he's saying, okay, for the last 20 years, I would have been a pro player. Uh, what? Uh, and then the papers say that uh, the uh, church destroyed his social life 
and caused him psychological harm and defrauded him of money through compulsory donations. I assume that would be his tithe. And okay. The, the RIP blames church leaders for physical assaults Mr. Naga suffered at the hands of people he was trying to convert. So apparently he was uh, in some, you know. <laughs> He's doing place. it wrong. That's not how you do it. Well, I mean, <laughs> right. apparently he went to some place like, uh, uh, you know, the Middle East where it's dangerous to uh, to uh, proselytize. And uh, it says, uh, um, this thing says he got upset and reacted violently after being told they were sinners. I was slapped and punched and kicked in my left knee, breaking its cartilage. So he's blaming that on the church. So he didn't have to play to get a broken knee. He simply became Baptist. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he was, a broken <laughs> knee was in his future anyway, right? It's either from right. soccer or from Jesus. One of Bases the are covered. And the uh, the church says that it will, quote, vigorously contest the claim. Um, and he's also... Uh, Does that, that mean as opposed to lazily contesting? <laughs> right, right. Uh, not only is he suing the British uh, Baptist, but he's uh, begun a legal battle with the U.S.-based Baptist World Alliance and has written a book called The Millinery Fraud. I, I think wow. I see where this is going. Yeah. So um, apparently that conversion experience was had an expiration date on it. He was good for 20 years and now not so much. How is it this guy didn't fall victim to Darwin? <laughs> I mean, you know, these some of these people, you just wonder, how did you make it to 40-something, however old he was, or he is? 46. Uh, it's, you know, he doesn't sound like he has much of a case, uh, but what do I know? I'm neither a lawyer nor do I play one on the Internet. Well, and, and it, let alone, I mean, it's in a totally different legal system. Right. Right? I mean, so... Yeah, but okay. that's pretty broad ranging to go to, you know, international claims. He's taking on not only his own home country, but uh, the U.S. as well. So, I would expect that I have a better that. chance of winning my thing than he does. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. And in, in a case of life imitating art, I'm reminded of that uh, story, uh, not story, but that character on Sesame Street that walks up to a kid and says, Hey, kid, would you like to buy a vowel? So I'm calling this one, hey, kid, would you like to buy a town? The town of Buford, Wyoming, population one. Oh, wow. Population one. How, ma how many again? Population one. So it's uh, like the third largest city in Wyoming. Then. Something like that, yeah. Um, has decided <laughs> for third. To, has decided to put the entire town up on the auction block. It's going off for uh, uh, auction. Uh, so... Uh, Don Sammons, the last remaining inheritant, uh, inhabitant of Buford, Wyoming, is auctioning off uh, the land, uh, the post office, the, the store. He, he owns everything. He is the town and um, sits at an elevation of 8,000 feet. Um, yeah, I pulled it up on Google Maps, and it looks like a nice little place that they're going to put a bid in. Yeah, so he's basically selling it for... Um, the 10 acres of land. There's a 1905 schoolhouse there, a garage, 10 acres of land, a three-bedroom home, uh, and a zip code. Who, who else can say that I bought a zip code for, you know, my mortgage? This that does happen cool. from time to time, doesn't it? There was that, uh, was it Topeka that was going to rename themselves Google if they got the Google high-speed right. internet? Right. Yeah, so, and I would love to buy a, a city because I could then name it Funky Town. Yeah, what was awesome about that, though, was Wouldn't that, you take me there? <laughs> that Google for a day changed its name to Topeka. Uh, which hey, how about that? Yeah. 
Well, twist. Mark, you could buy that and... I mean, the population explosion would be amazing. Yeah, that's right. I could. I, the town could, could grow 500%. 500% growth in one day. Oh, but think of the traffic, the, the pollution. Hey, but the way I see it, you know. Zero percent uh, unemployment. Religious cult compounds have to begin somewhere. And, uh, you know, this is, this is prime real estate opportunity. I mean, you've got, you're, you're on the mountain there. You've got your own uh, infrastructure. You could literally own the city. Uh, governments. I mean, maybe get that disillusioned Baptist guy to be a missionary for you. That's the right. former football player cult. Yeah. So if you're, if you're, or if uh, you, if you ever wanted to be Boss Hog, <laughs> well, who doesn't? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a religious separatist with no place to go, uh, Buford, Wyoming is right up there for. They're only asking a hundred thousand dollars. So Does that I, make you, know. you Enos, Sean? Uh, no, no, no. Thank you. I think it would be. <laughs> whoever whoever gets uh what was her name Catherine daisy. bach daisy yeah yeah she was hot back in the day that was that was one of my boyhood crushes yeah, for me it was uh wilma for buck, buck rogers aaron gray okay I had a, you know when, when i eat apple i really eat an apple these days that's not you. much of an apple left thanks. i just thought i'd share that with you. oh thanks <laughs> i guess that's fair i made you guys suffer through watching me eat my dinner so yeah Okay. Made me so. hungry, Sean. Is what happened? <laughs> <laughs> you were just going to town. I'm like, man, John looks. So, he's really eating something good there. I'm, I gotta go grab something. So, from a city who is uh, putting its entire infrastructure up on the chopping block uh, to another city that's running out of toilet paper, um, and that is uh, the town of Trenton, New Jersey, the uh, capital of New Jersey, is apparently in some sort of uh, bidding dispute over paper products. And they're not allowed at this point to buy any paper products for the entire city. City Hall, police, fire, all those places. And they've been going on for five months now in this dispute. And apparently cops are having to take their own toilet paper into the police station at this point because they can't agree on the uh, the contract for paper goods. I'm, I just make up your own joke at yeah. this point. This one's way too easy. <laughs> Insert joke here. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So maybe it's time to introduce the three shells um, and just get away from this <laughs> archaic paper altogether. Uh, apparently, it's not, the, the argument isn't even over uh, the toilet paper. It's, it's a bulk bid of all paper goods, and it's all about the hot uh, coffee cups, paper cups. There's $4,000 in cups that's uh, in this $42,000 um, bid. And... Um, the city council just doesn't want to pay for it. So now there is, there is nothing. My company in an attempt to be more green just said one day, email, you know, across the enterprise, FYI, no more cups. We'll continue to supply coffee. Bring your own cup. Thanks. Yeah. Well, so, apparently it's bring your own roll right now. They've got a BYOR going thing on here. BYOTP. Uh, and they're saying that, uh, you know, assuming the uh, the vote passes, which would have been uh, yesterday, the they should have paper today. But even so, you still got to get all that stuff delivered. So it's going to be, uh, um, you know, there's so many jokes that I'm just avoiding saying right now because well, they're they're even too low for this show. Um, I, I know, I, I know what I'd be, I'd be like this. a 
I'd be like the uh, ultimate entrepreneur in that situation. I'd be sitting there with my desk full of toilet paper and be like, five dollars a roll, man. Yeah. It's like you could <laughs> prices those... going up every every ten seconds. Yeah. You you really gotta go, right? You could get those Charmin like forty eight roll packs at Sam's for, you know, fifty right. bucks or, or no, not even that, twenty bucks. So yeah, uh, James, what were you saying? I can't even rationalize this. There, you're right. There's way too many jokes, and I like the idea of kind of being the clinger of the whole thing. Oh, you're storing things away. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I have a follow-up story, Mark. I just thought you said it was supposed to be resolved, so I googled it real quick. And the free rolls of toilet paper kept rolling in through the front doors of City Hall yesterday <laughs> as Arkansas-based Kruger Products became the latest company to offer oh. up a donation to help Trenton recover from a highly publicized budget battle over paper goods. <laughs> Our so, national quote, nightmare ready? is over. That's right. So this, this is the quote. We're happy to extend a helping hand to our neighbors. At one time or another, we have all found ourselves in the unfortunate <laughs> situation of <laughs> no, it does not say this. When we learned that city employees in Trenton may find themselves without the roles they need, we wanted to step in and help. That is awesome. So there, James, there's your marketing right there. That's this company said, "Hey, you know, we know sh uh, about uh, toilet paper, so um, <laughs> let's send them some free rolls of toilet paper and get our brilliant, name. brilliant. Wow, well played, well played, sir. <laughs> That's awesome. Now." There are lots of reasons for us to be laughing at Trenton, New Jersey, but really, <laughs> toilet paper? <laughs> and the funny thing is because it's all paper products, so you don't have the option of just using a napkin or a paper towel. you got no paper product. You can't even use a cup because they don't have any of those. Wow. <laughs> and so That's... while we're on the bathroom trend, I'm going to scroll yes. down a little bit here. Please. Ask, what the heck is going on in L.A. schools? According to the L.A. Times... Uh, dot com website a san diego student was forced to urinate in a bucket when the teacher didn't want to let her go out of class her a female yeah. wow I, really, I just knew it had to be a boy when i first read the right. the uh the tagline so the uh the uh the teacher said go in this other room i'm guessing it was like a chemistry lab or something like that take this bucket fill it and then dump it in the sink and come back and what? you know, I put a, I put a note wow. in the show notes there, Mark, that just says, "I love teachers. I was one, but are some of them just plain stupid? How can they not think there would be repercussions from that?" I just I can't I just can't believe it. You know, with all these people making um, uh, hay about uh, tenured teachers and bad teachers, now we need to overhaul the system. It's stories like this that give them fuel. I mean, this is like one idiot out of millions of good teachers in the country. Uh, but they're the ones who make the, the, the top story. And it's just, this is ridiculous. And the, the student is, is saying now that the, uh, she no longer feels safe in the high school. This is a 14 year old high school freshman girl. That'd be, that, is, that would be horrible for her, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, I can imagine the trauma from it. I, I made some stupid, did some stupid things that caused me to be fairly traumatized in school. Didn't have to pee in a bucket to do it, but, um, now let's say you're a guy in this situation. You're a 15 year old or 14 year old guy. You're going to whip it out and like pee on your desk. All right. Cause that's a guy that would make you cool. But yeah, you go in the next room where you'd miss the bucket. Right. I have to clean the floor up. Right. <laughs> but, uh, that's just, that's what kind of, I, I, I don't even, I don't even, I, I can't. Wow. That's Mark, I do have to, I have to, uh, correct your, your tagline though, because that's a San Diego school. So. Okay, well, it's the L.A. Times blog, so yeah, it's it's not L.A. teachers, it's San Diego teachers. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, that's just insane. I don't really have any commentary on that. It's just ridiculous. I mean, that, 
Uh, I maybe the kid was abusing bathroom privileges. We all know they do that, right? Yeah, my my daughter, my nine year old daughter, every night when I put her in bed, suddenly has to go to the bathroom every night. We know it's a lie, but we're not going to hand her a bucket, you know, and certainly not in <laughs> school. Well, see, that's what I was thinking. That's how this actually went down, right? It's like the third time during the period that she's had. She's already he's let her go twice. It's the third time, and he says, "Fine, here's a bucket." So she proceeds to pull down her pants and actually do it, and right. he, you know, calls his bluff essentially. Maybe that's how it went down. Yeah, now, I, I didn't see in the article. Was it a oh, female teacher or a male teacher? Um, I I think they were very careful not to say. Just as a te- a tenured teacher at San Diego High School, no, that she refused. Okay, so there's the there's the pronoun. So it's a yeah, female so teacher. If it had been a male teacher who sent a female teacher, a female student in the next room to do that, it would even be more gigantic because then it'd be a hate crime. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So the the parents are suing for twenty five thousand dollars for psychological and medical treatment. I'm not sure what medical treatment there would be, but. Uh, uh, um, and they're saying that uh, they were also requested the district pay for her to attend a private school for the rest of her year. Honestly, as much as I'm against frivolous lawsuits, I totally agree with that. I think that's the right thing to do. I think the school should pony up and pay for her to go to another school because she can never go to that school again. As long as they don't have state farm insurance, they're okay. <laughs> Not that I'm bitter. <laughs> I, I didn't sense any bitterness there. That's good. None was intended. So that's just ridiculous. Craziness. So let's move from there on to another story. Only this is a parent-induced punishment uh, in Florida, where, where we get all these weird stories about parents in Florida. James, what's welcome. going on down there in Florida? You are Florida? so welcome. Yeah, I, we we had a story a couple weeks ago about a uh, Florida grandmother who ran her child to death. Now this is a little, uh, you know, uh, off the wall, but certainly not that severe. In Miami, a seventh grader um, failed school. So three for, classes for three classes. So for the entirety of spring break, he is being made to stand out on the by the highway with a sandwich sign on him, with things on it uh, like uh, yeah. One says, "I'm the class. I'm I'm trying to be the class clown." Is is that is that wrong? And then the back says, "I failed three classes," something like that. Right. So every day of his spring break, he's got to stand out there with his end is near like sign. Uh, saying, I want to be a class clown, and I'm failing because of it. Michael Bell Jr. is the student's name. Now, <laughs> I think that is a clever solution to the problem. I don't know if it's actually going to do any good, frankly, because it's, it's, it's one of those things where the punishment doesn't quite fit the crime, but it's hilarious. So the student says, I got an F in most of my classes, so as a punishment, I'm supposed to stay here for the whole spring break. And they said it's starting to already sink in. So, I mean, <laughs> it's making an impression, that's for sure. And yeah. the parents are supervising, providing with food and water. I mean. Yeah, it's not, he's not uh, uh, left to his own. He's out in front of the house or, or something like that, somewhere nearby. So, uh, uh, I, I'm still surprised we haven't heard from like the, the raging liberals that, you know, they're somehow psychologically damaging this kid and uh, Child Protective Services needs to step in. They, wow. they were much, much too easy. If if you really wanted him to get the whole point of him failing the classes, you take him and during spring break, instead of going to the beach, you go the same distance down to Homestead and you work in the fields for that entire time so you can understand what it would be like if you did not have this diploma, which is what 
I, my parents did to me when I was that age. And it, it instills <laughs> nice. in you a, an idea that you really don't want to be out there anymore all day with that hoe going after those weeds. You should probably start studying a little bit. Yeah, that's actually what I was thinking, too, is you take the kid to the local grocery store and say, you get him free for a week to be your janitor. Tell him, yeah. tell him to do whatever, clean up whatever you want to. He's yours for a week. In in my mind, what what kind of really twisted instructor decided that this would be the best way that I get down now to laugh at him for this and hold it over his head the entire time instead of really putting him to work and making him understand just how bad it's going to be if he ends up failing all this. Well, to, to be fair, it's not an instructor; it's his parents, his his father. Oh, even Michael, better, fantastic. Michael Bell Senior has required Great. that he do this. Great, well, they, they could have. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> My house they growing up, made him work. I, they they could have gave him one of those little arrow signs, and he had to flip it around the whole time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, in my house growing up, I made almost straight A's, and I still had to work in the fields. Right. <laughs> so I was like, "You're, you're dad, I want you to learn." And I told my dad when I was like nine, "Dad, when I graduate from college, I'm going to work with my brain, not with my back." And I did, and got really fat. So his. <laughs> His dad says, I don't know any other way. I'm trying to teach him. He doesn't want to be reached, and this is my last resort. Yeah. And the student says, I'm sorry that I had to get to this point, and when I get back to school, I'm going to do better. <laughs> of course he's going to say that now. It's What's the temperature there in Florida? You're you're not far from Miami. What's the Florida temperature there? I'm, I'm eight hours from Miami. Well, that's not far. I'm from We're Texas. Remember, eight Miami. hours is like the next-door neighbor. <laughs> I have no idea what it's like in okay. Miami. At my house, it's hot. Okay. So, so I, uh, I'm assuming it's uncomfortable. He's warm. Yeah, I'm guessing you're not Miami. further south than Miami. During the day in Miami, it is 81 degrees during the day. And, of course, incredibly humid because I lived there for 10 years. So that's more like 91 degrees. So it's certainly not pleasant. Yeah. So there you go. Good, good parenting or bad parenting? We, we leave it to you, the listener, to decide. At least they're parenting. At least yes. they care. Yes, they're doing something. Good point. That's a very good point. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Here's another. Let's let's stay in Florida. <laughs> a Florida man puts his mom in a headlock because she's been eating his taco sauce. This is another one of those. I have no idea what to say. Yeah, <laughs> this may be one of the. It's best to just read without comments. Now hold on. Does it say what kind of taco sauce? No, they didn't mention the brand. Um, Christopher Phillips, 23, still living with his mom in 23, of Manatee County, found that his mother had used some of his taco sauce. So he got angry and decided to put her in a headlock. Then his girlfriend got involved. According to the incident reports, uh, Christopher shares a home with his mother and found that his mama, Rebecca Phillips, used his taco and salsa sauce on her dinner. And things got heated. Uh, Christopher got up in his mom's face, screaming and yelling, and his mom pushed him back, and then Christopher decided to put her in a headlock, and in the process broke her glasses and caused pain to her neck. So mom got free, and Christopher wasn't done. He went into his room, in his room, and got his 27-year-old girlfriend. <laughs> this, this, this has loser written all over it. So he's 23 years old. I'm going to my room, and I'm going to get my girlfriend. So Lisa Tyre, the 27-year-old girlfriend, ever the classy lady, decided to get into the action. She started yelling at mom and slapped her across the face four times, two slaps on both cheeks. Then mom, uh, oh, and, and, and cut her mom's mouth. And with the, the So was, these were good hard slaps. Um, and so then mom says, I'm out of here. Give me the keys to my own car, which apparently he had been driving. He refused. 
So she walked all the way to her husband's place of work, doesn't tell you how far that was, and called the police. And the police showed up, and uh, they were arrested on misdemeanor, misdemeanor domestic battery charges. And you'll see them next week on WWE. It's the cage match. <laughs> well, my favorite part. I'm, oh, go ahead. My favorite part of the whole thing is the photo that has a picture of her and a picture of him. And below it, it says, that's Christopher on the left and Lisa on the right. <laughs> FYI. Yeah. Because honestly, it's kind of a hard call. <laughs> it is. The one on the left looks a lot like the guy, the kid who played, um, uh, what's it? The, um, John Connor in the second Terminator. <laughs> yes. Yes, you're right. Maybe. Yeah, I, uh, I, I saw a uh, local news clip of that. You know, the neighbor next door was like, I see the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I often like to joke that, that I'm from East Texas white trash and my family reunions are, are an episode of cops waiting to happen. But I got to uh. say, these kids, they, they take the cake. First off, she's 27 years old, living with his boyfriend's mama. They didn't say it, but I'm assuming in a trailer house. Um, <laughs> and How dare you, sir? <laughs> it was a mobile home when it had the tires on it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so they're, uh, I mean, how do you get into fisticuffs over taco sauce? Unbelievable. That's all you have. That's all you got that's worth living for, Mark. Yeah. And uh, let's see who is it? Uh, we had a comment in the chat room. Element three forty two says they had to be high. All of them, I'm thinking at this point. Yeah, uh, the, you know when you get the munchies, <laughs> you need your taco sauce. Well, they sound a go. lot like the people that the the guy that was the the killer in the capital murder trial that I was on that you know was the meth addict and was on a three day binge and just crazy, you know that kind of thing. That's. <laughs> Nightstar says that mom needs a sandwich board. <laughs> Man, could you imagine if guacamole had been involved? Yeah. So so here's following along with the Trenton, New Jersey story. Now we need uh, Tabasco to come in and offer like a lifetime supply of hot sauce so that she can have her own and never have to have her son's hot sauce ever again. Right. If James was in charge of their marketing department, that would already have happened. That's right. If I was with Pace. We'd already been on that. Oh, that's awesome. That Quick is... question. Okay, go. Salsa. You go to a restaurant, at least a, te a Tex-Mex restaurant in the South, um, you all, almost always get uh, chips and hot sauce, right? Yes. Chips and salsa. Do right. any of you guys call that hot sauce, or do you always call it salsa? That is salsa only. Salsa. James? Salsa. Hot sauce so is vinegar and pepper juice. Salsa has tomato and chunks in it. Yeah, mm. somewhere, either it's just a weird quirk with my family, and my family has some weird quirks, so um, that doesn't, does not mean this is not the case. We're, we're or maybe it's related. a south yes. a, a southeast Texas thing, because Mark's more of a north Texas guy, and Sean is too, I guess. Um, I've always called that hot sauce. I know what hot sauce is, the little bottle that has the little cap on it, and you sprinkle that on your chilies mm. or whatever. You, know, you're, uh, you can put it on your beans, uh, but I've always called that hot sauce. You want some chips and hot sauce? We say uh, the, the chat room is overruling you. Yep, uh, unanimously, <laughs> it's salsa. Well, how many of how many of y'all live on the Gulf Coast of Texas? Anybody in the chat room? Gulf Coast of Texas. Uh, that was my point. Maybe it's something in that regional yeah. area. Jim from Jim, Houston says it's salsa. Yeah, that's Houston. See, you live, if you're born in Houston or North, you're a Yankee. Oh, okay. so um, <laughs> south of Houston. Anybody <laughs> south of Houston? Uh, it's just me. It's my family. It's, I admit it. It's we're, my family's crazy. It's okay. We, the next Sean, episode, we really should do my family is crazy stories. Oh, I've got, yeah, yeah. I've got a stack. Of 
That could actually That's, be an entire podcast. It's a new podcast. Welcome. Welcome to My Family is Crazy <laughs> and So Is Yours. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, no particular segue here. I just like this story. University of California um, is now giving a form, a, a checkbox on your registration where you can declare your sexuality. Not only do you have to declare your major now, but you have to declare your sexuality. So you can. It is put, optional. It's optional. Yeah. So you can put bi, gay, lesbian, straight, uh, probably in that order, something like or that. Transient. Yeah. Uh, it's the straight guy always seems to be last. You know, we, we'll put all the others up there. Um, they they nope. say they're not going to do anything with that information. They just want to collect the data. Well, that, that begs the question to me is in our enlightened modern times, should there even be a race checkbox? Yeah, well, there are race checkboxes because of government programs. I guarantee it. And that's my point. Yeah. Because that's, that's what some people are, some, some, uh, the, Gay, lesbian, by uh, the GLBT, whatever it is. You know, I can't remember the acronym. I don't have the article right in front of me. They're actually excited about it because they think it may end up helping them get some preferential treatment. Right. Whereas others are afraid that it's going to give be another case of giving preferential treatment to a particular class or group or subsection of uh, Now, the society. only place I can see this is actually being useful is dorm assignments. You put a gay guy with a gay guy. Makes sense. Um, but I can't see any other case where the school could use this in, in a useful manner in any way. Well, they said don't, in the article, don't they talk about using it to help drive curriculum or, or, uh, programs and assistance. I mean, they, they gave some justifications. I don't, I don't, here, get it, it says right here, allowing officials to make, to more accurately track the makeup of blah, 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 student body and improve programs and services. So what kind of program I, I'm, I'm failing to understand how that matters in terms of, of programs. What, what am I not seeing? But critics claim it will simply pave the way for another group to seek preferential treatment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you're saying, Mark, <clears throat> but then again, I'm a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant heterosexual male. So I don't understand anybody about anything. I'm <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> uh, Jim in the chat room makes a good point. I mean, do you want to put a gay guy with a gay guy? I mean, that's like, you know, if I, if I go to school, go off to school, and they put a girl, you know, they, you know, they room me up with a girl. Well, but not a good idea. Putting a gay with a gay guy with a gay guy makes sure that nobody's going to get beat up in their sleep, right? You know, because if you put a gay guy with a homophobe, and they find out, you know, that's a bad thing. So I would think, I would think it would come in. I don't know who, who, what do I know? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's I, assuming that they like, you know, somehow would get along or, you know, but what if one of them was attracted to the other one and, you know, you didn't want that. I mean, it does. It brings the whole question about, um, you know, people about the people in the military. Well, then you have the whole thing about showering and then it, it, it it's, it's the equivalent of, of in some ways people would argue men and women showering together. And, and that only happens on starship troopers. Right. Um, so I don't know about in, in regular military, but in the future, of course it's going to, so at well, least yeah, Casper in, Van Diemen says it's going to, uh, in RoboCop also. I want to have to update my Netflix queue. <laughs> so, um, so maybe you now have a different dorm class. You have the, uh, the, uh, boys dorm, the girls, girls dorm, the co-ed dorm and the homo dorm. Um, <laughs> sorry. Did you I'm, just say that, Mark? I did. I, that oh, was, mark, wow. it. Yes. mark that. I was intentionally as crude <laughs> as possible to make my point there. So maybe you now have there, the, there's the show title. By <laughs> the I'm way. typing it right now. 
<laughs> yeah, I haven't been keeping up with show titles. I hope somebody else has. So, uh, so yeah, maybe now you have a different dorm class. I, I honestly, I, I say that because I can't find any way that could be useful. Um, I don't see, uh, I mean, other than maybe looking for government grants and, and saying we're not now going to give scholarships because our gay level is too low. Well, I'm thinking that they, it would be more things like, uh, well, we found now that we have 20% uh, of this type of person, we need to offer, offer um, uh, what's the word, the sensitivity classes for our students to make sure that they understand the, these people. And we need to offer empowerment classes to make sure that they're, you know, feeling validated and those kind of things. Or we could offer like a science class and they could get an education. That's another option. Oh, wait, that'd be just silly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, do you teach physics differently to a lesbian than you do a straight woman? Uh, I don't, I don't get it. There, yeah. There's Look, been that. I'm just going to stop. Keep my mouth totally shut at this moment. <laughs> now, I did go to college in the South, so it was a little bit different than California, granted, but I could see this actually being useful for the, the, the student union, especially, because that's usually where the monies are allocated. You're trying to figure out where it goes. This is completely unfunny and certainly doesn't fit the podcast, but the college is when the first time a lot of these people get out of the home, away from their house. They're, they're very young and still trying to figure all of this out. They're certainly living in a society that doesn't exactly agree with everything that they agree with. So here's an opportunity for at least the school to look at these numbers and go, are we providing the right services in the student union so that everything on campus is going to be good for everybody or is it not? So I, I see the value in the stats. Now what they do with it, we'll see. Yeah. Counseling services, anything like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. But again, is, is, is the, per, is the, is the role of a college to educate um, for the purposes of, uh, you know, jobs and things like that, or is it to educate for social? Uh, I found the college very useful for understanding how to tap a keg. Right. Yeah. I so forget. there's there's two sides to that one. I forget it's a vital who, skill. What are you talking about? Yes. So there is money that's being spent in the right place there. I forget who to attribute the quote to, but it goes that college is a fountain of knowledge and most students are there to drink. <laughs> okay, so moving right along into something that is, I hope, not related in any way. But, uh, you know, while, while we're in the uh, uh, sexual area, uh, let's talk about a man who was essentially arrested for putting his hands in his pockets. I mean, the, the Mark. I just want to make a clear point that I was not in a sexual area anyway. Let <laughs> <laughs> me clear on that. So, uh, um, I'll read you the story and, and we'll talk about it. But basically, I want you to listen to this from a a, a civil rights jackbooted thugs libertarian standpoint. Is the way I'm looking at it right now. The man was arrested for putting his hands in his pockets. So, a uh, 51 year old um, neighbor. No, wait, a 38 year old man. They didn't have his name. Uh, in Port St. Lucie, once again, again, we're in thank Florida. You. Yes, um, uh, was accused of yanking on his member, quote unquote, by a neighbor. So uh, apparently, yanking he on was, the collar of his member's only jacket. <laughs> well, wait, what, was he was he putting his hands in his pockets no, and wait, taking him out we'll, and putting him back in and out and we'll, out and in? We'll get there. We'll get there. So uh, uh, the 51 year old neighbor called the police and said he was in the backyard of his home uh, when he saw a man with dark pants and a white shorts. This is a quote with dark pants and white shirt yanking on his member. Um, 
Yeah, apparently the guy's on his back porch is uh, uh, right. next to his next door neighbor, right. standing on his back porch, Yank. fiddling about in his right. pockets. So the police came. Uh, uh, he, he the police said what basically? <laughs> he says no. He was yanking. Uh, the I ask uh, the police uh, uh, said the said I asked the neighbor if he was disturbed by the males yanking. The report states he states that he was disturbed uh, due to the fact that his children and wife were possibly seeing the man. So, Eight-year-old and 15-year-old. So uh, the uh, the police came to the man. Uh, he denied being on his back porch, said he was inside, and the witnesses were lying. As the police investigated, the man kept putting his hands in his pockets. The officer says, I advised the male twice to keep his hands out of his pockets. And another officer gave similar instructions. The male stated, I can do whatever I want and place his hands back into his pockets, at which point he was arrested. Bad idea. For putting his hands in his pockets. You don't know what he had in his pocket, Mark. <laughs> he was Yeah, I'm sure that's where they're gonna go with it. They're yeah. they're gonna you know, he he wanted to challenge the cops, so then they're yeah. like, Well, I mean, because they can get him. They can say that, well, you know, I refused he, to he give his name to, also. He he failed to uh you know, follow the lawful order of a, a law enforcement officer, and uh, they can always claim that, well, you, you know, they weren't sure if he was armed. He could have been going for some sort of a weapon. Uh, yeah, I can see how the cops can easily get him on that one. Yeah. Well, and he did refuse to give his name. And this is another one of those instances where the guy was just an idiot. If he would have just said, yes, I had an itch. I'm sorry it offended them. That would have been the end of it. Right. But said he wanted to be a jerk and, and give the cops a hard time. So, so, but the police came Thank to you, his property. They came, he was in his own house. They I wanted came, to be a jerk. <laughs> they came to his house and, and said, don't put your hands in. He's in his own property. They don't have a search warrant. They don't have anything. They're just there investigating a complaint. He didn't, uh, according to the, the reports, I mean, there were no evidence that he threatened them in any way or that he was uh, a belligerent in any way. He just simply refused to cooperate. He put his hands in his pocket and he was arrested. I have a hard time with that as a constitutionalist. Forget the fact have, what, that he may or may not have been yanking. Uh, what would you have had the cops do? I would have had the cops say, well, I can't prove one way or the other. Sorry to have bothered you and walked away because he was commit. He was, there was no crime. There was no indecent exposure. There was nothing. Even the man who, who filed the complaint did not say he exposed himself in any way. He never left his property. He was, he was potentially in view of his neighbors. That's all. So uh, I'm just shocked they missed a completely perfect opportunity to tase someone. Uh, <laughs> Is that big there in Florida? They do that oh, on a regular basis. That. It's awesome. Well, I just, you know, uh, if you take it though to the extremes, Mark, then that means that I can go out in the front yard and as long as I have a blanket over me, I can do whatever I want. I mean, just because I don't expose myself, I'm free to have at the, and, uh, and, and if you're in public view of your neighbors, there is a certain amount of decency that, but there, but be. there are rules about that, and he didn't violate any of them. There are rules against putting your hands in your pockets. There are rules against indecent exposure, which he was not exposed. There are rules. Well, but there is like public lewdness, and I mean, if he was obviously stroking himself through his pocket, and you could tell that he was doing that, that is still illegal. Based on again, but it's it's a it's a real case of he said he. We've said, already he confirmed said, you're not a lawyer, Mark. You confirmed that on the last story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not even an internet lawyer. 
you know, I'm no, I'm no genius, but when the police officer says do a thing a certain way, I'm doing the thing a certain way. I'm, I travel a lot. So I'm already beaten down. They already see me naked in the airports and through their, all of their machines. (laughs) And they tell me what to put in my bags and not, and I'm, yes, sir. You absolutely. Yep. Got it. Sure. Whatever you want. I'm there. And I get on my plane. So I'm not the best person to go about asking that. But yeah, if the cop says to do a certain thing, you should probably do that thing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he, he had like his hammer pants on. Like these were baggy pants. Oh, well, I mean, in Port St. Lucie, sure. Right. Who wouldn't? Because uh, if these were, you know, some tight Levi's, it would be hard to, to manipulate things in any way. Looking at the picture of the guy, I don't think he wears tight Levi's ever. <laughs> Okay, so apparently I'm the only one. I, I need Eric here. Eric would be right here with me saying, Down Oh, he with would. The man, Definitely. Yeah. Well, Mark, sometimes you just got to step away from the pocket <laughs> and just <laughs> stop what you're doing. Okay. And so, speaking of, thank you for that weak segue, stepping away and stopping what you're doing. It's better okay. than no segue at all. Cody Connor, 17 years old, once again in Florida. James, I'm glad you were on the show. Man, is this the all Florida show? (laughs) It seems to be. I didn't. I didn't pick this. Just for the record, I had all every show is an all Florida show. James was going to be on. Um, So yeah, okay. So uh, Connor, Cody Connor, 17 years old, walks into an adult novel novelty store in Debari, Debari. I don't know, uh, with a loaded gun called Cupid's Corner, no less, because porn is all about. Cupid and love and none but and love stuff. Uh, I got nothing but love for you, honey. Um, goes in there with every intent to rob it. And the, uh, the clerk behind the desk, a, uh, the female employee who is not, uh, named, uh, instead says, look, I understand that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're down on your luck. You need money instead of robbing me. It's not worth it. You could go to jail and there's not a whole lot of money in the cash register anyway. Why don't you fill out this job application instead? And uh, so the kid does. He fills out the job application, uh, which she then turns over to to the police, and they have his name and his address and his social security number and everything they need to know to go right up to his door and arrest him for having his hands in his pockets. So uh, after after the boy left, uh, the employee walked next door and called 911 because apparently she didn't have a phone in the porn shop. And uh, the authorities tracked him down and arrested him. And uh, he said uh, the uh, the... Uh, the young man said that uh, the gun he used was only armed with BBs, though I don't think that matters. Wow. I, it could lodge under the skin and cause a nasty infection. <laughs> I like the part of the story, though, because if, if you read it after they talked about it, they, they referred that he, he got the application, turned in the application in, and then they hugged and smoked a cigarette together. Yeah. Because well, clearly it was good for both of them. That was... <laughs> Oh, you know, that, that, it made a lot more sense when I read through the article and saw that the, the uh, clerk was a girl. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, she used her feminine wiles, as women often do, to talk the wild man off the ledge. Yeah, because a pretty girl can talk a 17-year-old boy into pretty much anything. Oh, yeah. Anything. Not pretty much. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to go next door and pee in a bucket for me. <laughs> Unless he's checked the box that says he's gay, and then maybe not. Uh, so... Uh, that there's not really much you can say about that one. I just thought it was funny. So that uh, the dumb criminals, once again. 
hey, but we're still the uh, the greatest nation in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to convince yourself here or somebody else? <laughs> Boy, you know, things like this makes you wonder how we've made it this far. <laughs> oh, okay. What's well? Let me jump in, Mark. Um, okay. and just this is not a news story. It's my ongoing um, need to mention one geeky thing in almost every podcast. And this is the ultimate movie marathon. AMC theaters is getting behind, uh, the, the Avengers movie. If you're a, a nerd, a geek, a comic book fan at all, you know, the Avengers are coming out May 4th. If you're like me, you've already taken that day off. I've already got the PTO approved, but if I would have thought about it, and I'd have known about it. I'd taken May 3rd off because at certain AMC theaters across the nation, they're starting at 11 o'clock that morning, 1130 with Iron Man, then the incredible Hulk, then Iron Man two, then Captain America, then Thor, and then the midnight showing of the Avengers for 40 wow. bucks. 40 bucks. That's a great deal. And, and you're going to uh, spend, what, actually, about 13, 14 hours there? Is that right? Yeah, and I would actually consider doing it because I would be that crazy to do it. I hope they have extra buckets on hand because that's yeah. a long time to be in a the theater. <laughs> well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what kind of intermission they give you between each movie, but uh, one article I read about it was pretty – I actually found – I was trying to go back and find the, the actual – found the AMC thing about it, but I found an article about it and the guy was talking about, um, you know, how bad the Incredible Hulk movie was and then how uh, the Thor guys would start, you know, um, throwing their plastic hammers at the Captain America fans with the paper mache shields (laughs) as they got bored late into the night and and everything. He obviously doesn't understand the solidarity of the Avengers fans. So So if if you, if you got 40 bucks burning a hole in your pocket and 12 hours, 12 hours of your life to waste and don't have a job, um, don't slap your mom for the hot sauce. Right. Go to this movie. So I, I took my family to the movies today. Uh, wife, myself, break. three children. Um, so for three kids tickets and two adult tickets, it was $39. For a large popcorn and five drinks, $42. It actually cost more for the popcorn than it did for the movie theater. Was the cheese a dollar? No, it was. <laughs> it was, it was I, I actually considered filing a class action lawsuit, but uh, decided that it wasn't quite worth it. Nacho chips, two dollars. <laughs> cheese, one dollar. Yeah, not extra cheese, just the cheese that goes on the chips. Yeah. So this this uh, this it was interesting. It was an AMC. We mentioned AMC, uh, and they had a uh, all the drinks. They just gave you a cup, and they were drink machines there. But interestingly, only the large were, were supposed to get a free refill. How are they going to govern that in any way? Honor system, the, Mark. Yeah, this the is America. just out there. Yeah. Um, apparently, they. Well, I don't. I don't get it. Uh, I, we didn't get any refills because their their small was like thirty two ounces anyway. Right. <laughs> I still <laughs> chuckle to myself every time I go to a movie theater. Years ago, um, I, I went to a movie theater and they had the the nice styrofoam cups at this one. You know, back before they were banned because they're un, not green. And it was a huge one. I don't know, you know, 70 ounce drink or whatever. I drank the whole thing, ate all the ice out of it. So, I, and so imagine I had to go to the bathroom. Imagine that. So I put my cup down. I went to the bathroom and I came back and I'm walking down the aisle and I stepped perfectly on the top of the cup and it exploded with a huge boom, just boom. I don't remember what I was watching, but it was some, it was like Friday the 13th, <laughs> not Friday. I didn't see it. it was one of the Jason movies, you know, this one was in high school uh, or Freddy Krueger movies. The scream that I solicited from the crowd was awesome. I was like, man, I can never duplicate that. It was perfect. That was awesome. Because it, it was totally, it scared me to death, too, because I didn't know I was going to do it. All right. So, uh, moving on, this, uh, uh, while we're on the subject of snacks, loosely, a Los Angeles man 
wakes in the middle of the night to find a 500-pound bear riding his fridge. Now, that is a wake-up call. So uh, I don't weigh 500 pounds anymore. <laughs> yeah. So Los Angeles man wakes up. He hears noises. He goes in there. And this is just hilarious. Uh, Glendale resident, resident Joey Ball said that a hungry bear tore through his freezer, freezer eating tuna and Costco meatballs. <laughs> so he's in the freezer. Said he had steam coming out of his nose as he was breathing into the cold air of the freezer. Um, the bear apparently entered the garage door through an outside door that had been left open, figured out how to open the refrigerator door, um, and pulled all the bins out and was going through all the frozen uh, foods. And he uh, locked the door, uh, bolt the deadbolt, called the police. The police showed up in full um, uh, armored regalia with shotguns, but by then the bear had already gone. So I'm titling this one Smarter Than Your Average Bear. Who needs to mess oh. with bees and honey when you can just go get some frozen meatballs? Exactly. Costco meatballs. They're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, left those burritos. Who needs the burritos that are there? We're going right for the good stuff. Well, he That's didn't right. have any taco sauce. That's all in Florida. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. So not, not much commentary on that one. Just a funny little thing. Aaron. Yeah. If you want to uh, fund a Little League team with your stripper donations, uh, well, that'd be okay, wouldn't it? You would think it may or may not be, obviously. Yeah, there's a, a little league team uh, that in L.A. that the school that they use, uh, the, whose fields they use, raised the rates for renting the fields. And they were coming up $1,200, $1,400, $1,600 shy. And a local strip, strip club said, hey, we'll chip in. We'll give 1200 bucks. We believe in Little League. We're, we support Little League. And they actually got the check, apparently, and then – gave it back and said they didn't feel like they could do that. Um, so, you know, my question is a, to you guys, do you have a problem with that in general or would you only have a problem with it? Like if the little kids are out there, you know, running around and they have the on their logo. Like, <laughs> well, uh, Billy Bob Thornton was able to get away with it. Yeah. So it's the jet strip gentlemen's club. So, you know, you've got the, did they rename all the teams? You got yeah. the, you know, the jets, you got the jet strip flybys and the. <laughs> yeah. So if, if they just gave them a check and didn't expect anything just out of the goodness of our heart, I happen to own strip clubs, but let's forget about that. Here's a check for $1,200. I'm fine with that. If there was a sponsorship where they wanted to name the team, you know, like the, the pasties and, and have, you know, uh, on the back of the shirt brought to you by, uh, Bob's beaver pelts or something, then I would probably say no, not to that. But uh, I, I thought the requirement of, of everyone having to wear the high acrylic heels was just a little much. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, they actually, that's, I've, I've heard some more about this and the jet, the, the little league teams charter does not promise any advertisement right. for the donation. I, they typically do that. I think they typically do the banner on the, uh, but they don't promise it. But then, you know, then is it fair to the strip club that you don't give them a sign on the outfield wall, but you give one to yeah. mom and pop? You I know? think the issue was that they wanted to replace home plate with a dance pole and the umpire <laughs> with a stripper uh, with, uh, you know, dressed with a, a black uh, outfit. I think really that was what pushed it over the top. I think I, earlier I, the description of the strip club supporting Little League was a little bit outside the scope yeah. of where they should re well, they really invest their supporters. funds. Really? I yeah. mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> well, you know, and the the one person that I actually heard talking about, I, I heard this on the radio the first time. They were saying they're, they're a local business. They pay their taxes. They're legal. There's nothing illegal about them. 
who knows? One of the kids' moms might work there. (laughs) So who are we to turn our nose up at it? And that actually one of the the parents of one of the kids said that. But at the same time, let me just flip it on you guys. What if it was the local Budweiser factory that wanted to sponsor it? Yeah, I live, in a, I live in a town with a, uh, a uh, Benny Keith distributor, and right. uh, they sponsor, like, everything that goes on here. And they have, uh, you know, in giant 40-foot inflatable beer cans and stuff all over the place. And, and, and we accept that all over the place. I mean, I've been in a, a Benny Keith-themed bounce house with my kids. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, that is a little more acceptable than exotic dancers. Sean, you've tried to say something like four times and been cut off. I'm going to let you have the floor. Well, I just think that it's all, uh, it's totally age dependent. So, I mean, if, if I'm, you know, 13 years or older, I'm the coolest kid on the block if I'm on that team. <laughs> right. So. Now, I, honestly, it, I think if it all comes down to what they were expecting in return, if it was just an anonymous donation, I don't have a problem with it. If they're expecting some level of endorsement, any level of endorsement, that's inappropriate for a youth league activity. Right. That's my take on it. But, Mark, they're a gentleman's club. They are, in fact, a gentleman's <laughs> They're not a strip club. joint. They're the Jet Strip. Because they're near the Jet Strip, I'm sure. Oh, that's right. I'm they're, sure it's, it's near the, the airport. Airports. Yeah, next to Villapianos. The Jet Strip Gentleman's Club, right. <laughs> and Hooters is all about oh. keeping the owl safe. Oh, right. Love a podcast with that thing you do reference. <laughs> uh, I, I was glad somebody got that. Villapianos. <laughs> I got it. It's only That's my second favorite movie. Okay, and so um, I'm going to go with this interesting side effect drug story um, because it's I probably it's very, well, that's very interesting. It's probably, Bring it on. It's probably the least uh, controversial of the stories we have left. Um, uh, there's a heart pill, a, a beta blocker, that's having an interesting side effect on um, test subjects. Um, volunteers who were given the beta, beta blocker propanol, propranolol, Mm-hmm. Uh, used to lower heart rates, scored a lo- scored lower on standard sci- psychological tests on implicit racist attitudes. So apparently, this drug that mellows out your system might be an anti-racism drug. Um, yeah. It's a really interesting article because apparently they're talking about people who who have no um, people who don't have a conscious decision to be that they're racist. They don't consider themselves racist. They have nothing against other races. But when they're tested, they show a little bit of race because that uh, racism because that's based on fear, and this is an, also uses an anti-anxiety drug that right. that actually kind of curbs that a little bit. So basically, if you you know if you're cooling on a doobie, you don't really care what color the man is that's next true. to you. You just pass it to him, man. You know it just doesn't matter. So I don't know if cooling on a doobie is actually the appropriate slang for, drug slang phrase because I'm not <laughs> really <laughs> down with that, but. If it isn't, it will be by the end of the week. I'm actually fairly pleased that you don't know the proper drug <laughs> lingo. Uh, here's here's an interesting thing there because uh, we we find out all sorts of things like uh, uh, minoxidil for hair growth was originally for uh, kidney patients, um, and the guys found out yeah my kidney's not working any better but I got hair. Uh, yeah. So we find these side effects all the time. So let's say we isolate the compound and find that it has like a 97 percent success rate of eliminating all prejudiced uh, thoughts. Would it be then uh, appropriate to put it in our water supply like we do fluoride or to put it in our salt supply like we do iodine and 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 seed the country and eliminate racism chemically? Have you seen Serenity? 
<laughs> Reavers, Reavers. Yeah. yeah, I would say no. Uh, I don't want a mind-altering drug other than television. Well, I just think it's an interesting thing, though, because if if we found out, let's say I'm, I'm totally hypothetical. Let's find out find out there are no side effects other than this. That's the only thing it does. We refined it down to that exact one sort of thing. Wouldn't we be doing society a favor? by mass producing and mass distributing this on a government funded uh, manner wouldn't that make uh, of course we would better? that would be of course we'd be, be making things so nice for everybody in the country it'd be fantastic it'd be completely wrong completely no the mi- the minorities would go nuts <laughs> because then there would be no affirmative action programs you know all that stuff have to go out the window but see what's amazing is if we did that let's think about that if we put such a drug in the water supply and everybody took it we could have a black president someday no <laughs> No. Okay. You don't think it's possible? Don't think it's likely to happen? I, I can't see it. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, wow. And you said this is the least. The, the, <laughs> right. right. Mark's made it from the least to the most. Yeah. <laughs> right. To his skillful hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good like that. Um, so, okay. Uh, here's a great one Dying is now illegal in Italy. It's against the law. towns, yeah. It's about time. Yeah. So it's actually, uh, more specifically, in a specific town. uh, uh, Let me find it real quick. uh, Falciano de Masico, located about 30 miles north of Naples in southern Italy, um, lost their um, cemetery to a land dispute with a neighboring town. Apparently, they were uh, resurveyed. And the lines were redrawn, and the cemetery is now in a neighboring town. So the mayor simply passed a law, a city ordinance, that it is illegal to die until such time as we have a new cemetery. Do you think they're two people have already died, Mark? Do you think the cops arrested them? Yeah, apparently they refused to get back out of the grave. Yeah, apparently two people have already been found to be in violation of the new mandate. Mm. Uh, The uh, since March fifth, this has been in effect. So. I don't, I don't even know how to handle that. Uh, this little city, Falciano del Masico, <laughs> has 4,000 residents. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I spent years taking Italian lessons to be able to do that. Uh, so Baking Italian lessons. <laughs> yeah. hey, sorry, I, what was the name again? <laughs> uh, FDM. <laughs> so, what... I just can't imagine the mindset where you would say, okay, it's now by city ordinance illegal to die. What talk about uh, a socialist government? That's going a little, that's a fascist government right there. Yeah. Well, we have that law in the United States right now, right? If you're on, uh, uh, euthanasia is illegal. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I just, I threw a little note in there in the show notes because I was just curious real quick. If you've even thought about this for our panel of guests on the show and in the chat room, buried or cremated or, you know, ejected out of into hard space from a shuttle or uh, what, what, what is your plans? Just out of curiosity, just a quick poll. Sean, uh, I, I about it? all the way. Cryonics. Yes. Yes. You didn't list that as an option, but I'm a big Ray Kurzweil fan. And uh, and someday we will have the technology. (laughs) We could populate an entire world with Sean Kybels. We'll uh, we'll put you in a pod next to Walt Disney. It'll be great. (laughs) How about you, Mark? Um, uh, This is something I've seriously considered. Um, 
about six years ago, my father-in-law died, and I was there in all the processes uh, where we had, he was, he was not even a large man. He was a little overweight. And we had to go through all the extra processes of getting an extra large casket for him. We had to special order it. We had to pay extra to ship it overnight. And I decided at that moment, I'm a big, big guy. I never want to do that again. I want to be cremated and I don't care what you do with my ashes. Bury them if you want, but I'm not going to go through the posthumous humiliation of having to have the biggie size casket. Right. James, if this is not too personal a question since we barely know each other. <laughs> have have you ever seen those little mini kegs that you can get the beer in? <laughs> yeah. I want to be burned up and put in one of those. And then at the party, because that's what I'm having, there I'll put right next to the regular keg and everybody is there, you know, as they're pumping it up and they're <laughs> pouring theirs, they can like knock on a little bit and that's the party. Yeah, there you go. Well, see, I, I, I've taken it one step further, Mark. <clears throat> I've decided it's actually in my will that I want to be cremated and then I want my ashes spread at one of the many state parks or places that I like to hike so that whoever goes and does it has to get some exercise. <laughs> so my, I'm still trying to influence from the grave people getting out and being active. That's, nice. That's what, If you could somehow have zombies go after them. <laughs> great. I'm telling you, it was awesome. Beyond something. A friend of mine had a plaque hanging on his door that said, when I die, bury me at, at Walmart so my, I know my wife will visit me. Oh, yeah, that's so a good that one. Awesome. Okay, moving right along. Um, <laughs> drug dealers. Please tell me this isn't in Florida. If it is, I'll stop it right now. I no, hope okay. so. <laughs> it's in Louisiana. So it's, uh, that's, not, that's Western nowhere Florida, near, right? Nowhere near Florida. <laughs> <laughs> drug dealers in Louisiana have... have complained, not necessarily in a legal, you know, file complaint, but uh, have been outspoken in their complaint saying that uh, a, a recent spate of arrest has made their business more difficult. Um, 30 people were arrested on one day uh, uh, last Friday, a town of 3,000 people, 30 people were all arrested uh, for, for drug um, crimes. They arrested and, 1% of the entire population right, of the city. All in one shot. So, wow. uh, and the local drug dealers are complaining that the man is keeping them down, basically saying that, you know, I'm out here, I'm trying to provide for my family, I'm trying to provide a service for the people around me. I'm just a businessman providing a service, and you have just gone and taken away a large chunk of my buyers, and uh, I'm upset about that. What what kind of drug? I uh, don't know. Didn't say. Ah. Well, they they were they were caught with the 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 people that were arrested had. Some crack. They had some. They had like twenty pounds of marijuana. They had, they had a variety of options for you, James. So here's a quote. Here's an actual quote from a drug, a drug, a drug dealer, a drug dealer named Derek Brown. You have to realize we don't have no jobs around here or nothing. Every time we try to make a little something to get on our feet and try to feed our family, they come kicking the doors and knocking us back down again. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Exactly. Now, Mark, why did you do that with a slight, dare I say, black accent? Uh, African-American stylized. I did it with a Louisiana accent. I got a little oh, WT yeah. out of there. There was a little bit there. <laughs> a little WT? Well, that's, little that's what I grew up in. Like I said, I'm I'm uh, East Texas white trash all the way. Good for you. Yeah. So I it just it just goes to show you that no good deed goes unpunished. Wow. Okay. So we're, we got a lot more stories here, but we're coming up on an hour and a half. So, uh, I'm going to let you guys look at the notes. We got time to do one more. Which one do you want to do? Bumfy. 
bumfi. I don't even know. I don't what even know is. what that means. So I, I'm saying, yeah, so take it, Sean. I'm sure it has to do with the rectum. I, I can't believe you guys haven't heard of this one. Oh man, I, I was worried because I didn't get into the show notes until late that somebody else was going to steal this one from me. Oh and yes, then, yes, I have. Now yes, that I read it. Okay. Yes. So here we go. So uh, South by Southwest, which is a, a tech conference, a huge tech conference that takes place in Austin every year uh, here in Texas. Uh, the the organizers, I guess, uh, what they did was they paid local homeless people to be roving hotspots, 4G hotspots. <laughs> So they paid them twenty dollars up front, and then they paid them a minimum of fifty dollars a day for to actually perform that service. So, uh, of course, so Sean, uh, how did they manage to make these people into roving Wi-Fi? Uh, you know, I didn't read that far. I'm sorry, I laughed. I laughed and couldn't believe it uh, when I was reading it, and I just was curious, like what they were paying them, and uh, that was about it. But I've got to imagine they were wearing some sort of. Uh, Antenna apparatus? I don't know. I'm sure it's like a MiFi, like the Sprint yeah. MiFi, or yeah, it's all the Verizon version of it. Because you know, when you said bum, I was thinking the other way around. But no, uh, yeah. So 13 people um, were wearing a T-shirt that said, "I am a 4G hotspot," and then well, walking around. Well, and don't it, typically it, it, though the bums all gather around the. Don't they all gather around the burning garbage can? So you end up getting this mask and go, I need Wi-Fi. Well, you need to go down the street, go underneath the overpass. <laughs> you know, what, a, the group what of guys me roasting about, hot dogs. What, what amazes me about this story is that, uh, you know, you always have those kind of uh, uh, the raging liberal that comes out and, and complains about this some one way or another. Right. And I'm, I'm actually surprised that they're going in that direction versus, you know, here we are. We're helping people that are homeless that you know are, are struggling to uh, find even their next meal i i don't get how this is demeaning or anything they're providing a service they're working and and earning a wage for the day what's wrong with that the t-shirt is the problem i am a wi-fi hotspot i guarantee you if they had not made them wear a t-shirt that said that 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 I am a Wi-Fi hotspot. The fact that they're doing that is is right, kind of the dehumanizing factor, yes. which is yeah. taking uh, the human out of it. So you have one one uh, uh, critic claimed, "Have we lost our humanity?" Where a supporter says it gives a personal interaction, a connection for homeless people with regular folks who they don't often interact with uh, as they get walked past. Were you so, doing some math there, James? I saw your calculator pop up on the screen for a second. Yeah, I had to have it here because I was trying to figure out, now, if you, you think about how many people you had to space out in the right kind of place and how much you were paying them per hour, and then, of course, you have to consider the security concerns around this. Were they WPA2? Were they wide open? Did, were they running their <laughs> VPN? These are serious concerns at South by Southwest. The well, thing I found they interesting had, uh, in the whole other ones walking around saying, I am a firewall. <laughs> I'm a three. I am antivirus. <laughs> I'm an intrusion protection. Bot. I I'm a PC. I'm a bum, and I'm a PC. The interesting I, part I thought about this is that it really didn't matter how this turned out because this was done by a marketing company. All they really cared about was getting some press, whether it's good or whether it's bad. They don't care. You're talking about their story. Um, and, and, uh, to the point, the calculator came out because they're getting, it was six hours work. They get 50 bucks. I was trying to figure out how close is that to minimum wage. It's a lot higher than minimum wage there. They actually made some money and it was up to the, 
the the gentleman on the street to determine for himself whether he would like to take the job or not. And it's South yeah, by right. Southwest. Have a little fun. Yeah, and they also solicited like a two dollar donation, so they could even make more money beyond the 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 twenty dollars up front and the fifty five dollars for the day. Why don't I do this? I know, like the commercial with the girl at the airport, you know, that was doing the four G hotspot. Um, yeah, uh, while her parents were waiting. I don't, I don't have a big issue with it. I think it's a great idea, and and again. James said it got them talking, and that's a good. And plus, if you're inside, if you've ever been to this, the uh, uh, Austin Convention Center, as I have many times, Wi-Fi is a huge issue in there. Their network is underpowered, and you've got all these geeks there with all their devices. They needed a little help, so it was a it was a viable service. Uh, what I wonder about though is is uh, what kept them the homeless people from deciding, you know, this 50 bucks a day, I could probably sell this uh, thing on eBay for 500 or, you know, go down to the pawn shop. <laughs> I wonder how many of their stock they might've lost in the process there. Well, oh, uh, you know, they had the, the collar that, that they bolt on with a rivet <laughs> that has the MiFi attached to the back of it. They, that they have to go back at the end of the day to have the little thing. Like when you go to the store and you buy clothes and they pop the rivet off. So you can take the clothes out of the store. That's I just had I, running I, man maybe that's, that's what they had a problem with. I bet that I bet that's where this comes in though. They paid them twenty dollars up front, and then they and then fifty dollars a day. But I'm I'm betting that they got their fifty dollars when they returned that gear. That's I'm probably sure. right. Yeah, they they had to do so many days, and then they didn't get anything until they they came back. For, right. for some reason, the uh, the free Wi-Fi from a homeless person on the street is bad, but for some reason, twelve ninety five a night in a hotel is perfectly yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And then the, and the more expensive the hotel, the more expensive the Wi-Fi. You go down to the La Quinta Inn for twenty nine ninety nine a night. That Wi-Fi is there. It's free. You stay at the Hilton for four hundred dollars a night. It's thirty dollars. I don't get it. If you stay at the uh, the Courtyard Marriott in Verona, Wisconsin, you get twenty five meg up and down for free. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the plug on it. We're uh, pretty close to ninety minutes here. We've had some great stories, and we're just gonna have to save these others. For another time, uh, there's a, a great one here about uh, parental sports, you know, overly active sports parents that I, I'm ashamed or I'm sorry we didn't get to. I would have been ashamed had we actually done it. Um, <laughs> well, we can uh, push that stuff off to next week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we'll just save these for another time. So uh, we'll go around the, the horn here and uh, let people uh, know how to contact us so they can accost us personally for uh, the things that we say. So we'll start with you, Sean. Uh, yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at SeanTX. Uh, you can also email me, Sean, at ElementOP.com. And uh, you can find me on Facebook, Sean Kybel. Uh, or you can just Google Sean Kybel and you get all kinds of different ways to find me and, uh, uh, yeah, get mad at me. I, I tend to offend. <laughs> I right. tend to offend. That's a good one. I tend to offend. Uh, easiest way to find me is just Google one meal, one workout. That's the number one meal, the number one workout and click on anything that comes up. All right. And, uh, James, uh, for your audience who might've come here tonight thinking they were going to learn something about network security or something like that and thought, what is an element OP and <laughs> why is this guy 90 here? minutes of my <laughs> life. <laughs> So if we told them up to, front, the education was over. Yeah, if they wanted to contact you and complain about that, where would they do that? We got the Wi-Fi stuff in at the end, so That's I'm not right. sure what the problem is. You can find me at professormesser.com. If you want to follow us on Facebook or Twitter or Google Plus, you go to professormesser.com/slash Twitter/slash Facebook/slash Google Plus. 
All right, and my name is Mark Cockrell. You can find me at elementop.com. Somebody in the chat room who uh, obviously was a, a follower of yours, James, popped in earlier and said, what is this Element OP about? And then left shortly thereafter. So Well, uh, well played. Uh, yeah, so uh, you now have one last follower. Uh, as a result of being on this show so uh you know uh we're doing we're doing something i don't know what uh find me elementop.com elements as in the periodic table of elements op as in op taylor um and uh you can contact me there you can do whatever you want there's all sorts of stuff there's other podcasts there that i promise are better than this one honestly uh james is on one of them and it's a good one aaron is on a couple of them sean is on one of them so yeah just find us there and and have some fun let us know there's a forum there where you can feedback let us know i love the fact that i'm getting links every week now to weird news stories a couple of these tonight were sent in by listeners and that's awesome that is the, great uh, the amish buggy incident was the less work we have to do that's right so <laughs> that means that there's people out there they're listening and they actually care and in the words of sally fields you like me you really like me so thank you for that awesome <laughs> and so for now i'm going to say that that ends this episode of the periodic table